want to welcome you back to our digital gathering for a time of worship as a network. I'm grateful uh, that you are tuning in with us, and it's an opportunity for us to tune our hearts to the things that are true, to the things that are good, to the things that are beautiful about our life in connection with the living God. No matter what you've experienced this week in quarantine, uh, whether it's uh, challenges of, of being isolated by yourself or the challenges of wrangling kids and, and putting that together with work from home, uh, this time of worship is an opportunity for us to dial back in with what really matters, with what's really important. Because no matter how much our normal lives have been put on pause. Uh, the truth is that our life in God is never on pause. And every opportunity and circumstance of life becomes the, the crucible in which we work out our faith. So I want to invite you to enter into worship this morning with us. And our call to worship comes from the book of Zechariah chapter 9 and Psalm 118. It reads like this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And God's people say together, Hosanna in the highest. If you would, please take a moment to join me in prayer. Lord God, we are grateful to be able to gather again in your name, to acknowledge that you alone are God, that you are the only Savior and hope of humanity, that we can look to you in these challenging times. And we can find strength to persevere. Lord, we're, we're looking to you this morning because we need grace. We need help. And we need you to sustain our faith, to increase our hope, and to deepen our love as we uh, press on through uh, the challenges that we're facing right now. I pray that you would be with the family of faith today that you would also bless our friends tuning in who are uh, new to faith or processing through faith for the first time. Uh, I ask that you would meet each of us where we are, that you would speak to us through your word and through the music that we're going to sing together and through the scriptures that we're going to reflect on. We ask that you would add your blessing and that you would add wisdom and understanding to your word as they... Um, as they are read to us, Lord, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit uh, and that you would encourage us uh, for the life that we have to live right now. We ask for your blessings and your grace on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you now to join us for a new portion of our Sunday morning gatherings in which we will sing some songs of praise together. So if you would, please join in with us. Enter in, enter in. 
Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the word of the Lord. Hi, Grace DC. It's a joy to be with you all and uh, to be able to worship together as a family of God. My name is Mike. I serve as one of the pastors here in the Grace DC network. For our confession and assurance, we're going to read this responsively. So follow along in the bold text. Jesus, you are the humble king, even though you are the eternal son of God and king of kings, you came to be a suffering servant and save us from our sins. Thank you for your amazing love. 
we confess that we are not humble like you. We have been proud, selfish, and mean. Hear this good news. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we respond, thanks be to God. Join me now as we pray together. Sovereign Lord, our refuge, fortress, helper, protector, and king. For all throughout our city and nation who are affected by coronavirus through illness or isolation or fear, that they may find relief, recovery, and the endurance of Christ. Hear our prayers, O Lord. For those especially vulnerable, the immunocompromised, and the elderly, that you would protect them and that we may be alert to their needs. Hear our prayers, O Lord. Our doctors, nurses, and researchers, that you would provide the resources that they need, that you would grant them supernatural strength, and that through their skill and insight, many will be restored to health. Hear our prayers, O Lord. For the ways of our lives, in the midst of this time of isolation, that you would be patient in suffering, that we would be patient in suffering, abounding in love, slow to anger, and faithful to your call to love our neighbors as ourselves. Hear our prayers, O Lord. For those who are guiding our city and nation at this time and shaping policies that they may make wise decisions and lead us well. Hear our prayers, O Lord. In Christ's name, amen. In preparing my homily for today, I had the chance to take a step back and marvel at God's gracious timing in these current events. In these trying times, we Christians come again to the highest of times in our calendar, Holy Week. We need Holy Week right now, don't we? As Christians, we need to be reminded of the fact that this COVID-19 drama is situated within the larger drama of redeeming love. And we want our non-Christian friends to get a sense of our framework, our moral, ethical, and spiritual framework that really arises from the person and work of Christ. And that is a framework that is particularly displayed in the final week of his earthly life. Even in the most trying of times, Christians recognize Jesus Christ as the light that shines in the darkness, as the anchor that holds in the storm, as nourishment in the famine, as our victory in the face of defeat, and our firm foundation who holds fast when everything around us is falling down. Holy Week brings us to the center of God's plans. And everything that came before was leading up to Holy Week and everything after is flowing from Holy Week. And during this time of pandemic, we need to pay particular attention to the way that Holy Week begins. Holy Week begins with our passage for today, and it's known as the triumphal entry of Christ. In this scene, Jesus enters Jerusalem to set into motion the events that lead to his death on the cross to atone for our sins and to reconcile us to God. Matthew lets us know that, that this unfolding scene is a prophetic fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9, which says this, 
Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and, a, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. For the next few minutes, I, I want to focus in on that one line if you'll look at the text. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble. Humanity has probably never been more self-assured, more mired in its pretenses of control, more full of arrogance and pride than we are in our day. As modern people, we, we maintain a high degree of confidence in our ability to control things, don't we? We're confident in our ability to, to control our environment through our technology or through our politics or through our planning or through our teamwork or through our financial instruments. But one thing that this pandemic has done for all of us is it has provided us with a dose of humility. Because we're seeing the limitations of our human invention and our human ingenuity and our human planning. The whole world from north to south and east to west has been laid low by this virus. We're limited in our mobility. We're uncertain of what's to come. And we've been humbled by the, the pretty immediate reminder of our vulnerability. And if we were given the choice, 10 out of 10 times, we would not have chosen this humbling state of affairs for ourselves. 10 out of 10 times, we would not have chosen this humbling set of circumstances for ourselves. It's, un, it's uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. It's unsettling. It's unfamiliar for most of us. We would not have chosen such a humbling state of affairs for ourselves. But Jesus did. Jesus did. Behold, your king is coming to you. Humble. Central to the glory and wonder of Holy Week is the truth that Jesus Christ chose humiliation for himself to secure restoration for us. Can you sense the shock value of this statement? Behold, your king is coming to you. Humble. Behold is meant to get your attention. Matthew is trying to grab hold of Zechariah and he's trying to grab hold of your attention and connect the two so that you can perceive what is so astonishing about this Holy Week. What's so astonishing about the central figure of Holy Week? Jesus Christ, behold, your king is coming to you. Humble. Let the world fret about the stock market coming down, but let the church give attention to the fact that our God came down. Our city may soon order shelter in place, but the church must glory in the one who became a shelter in the storm. We could all stress about the hardship of working from home, or we could worship the one who left his home to accomplish his work. Behold, your king is coming to you humble. The pride of man is what destroyed us. 
It doesn't take much to see this truth if you go back to Genesis 3. It was the pride of man that destroyed us. Adam's pride in thinking that he could navigate this world without God's word. Adam's pride in thinking that he was smart enough, he was sagely enough, he was intuitive enough to be able to defend himself from the attacks of the evil one without God. That he knew better than God. That he wanted better for himself than God wanted for him. It was the pride of man that destroyed us. But Holy Week shows us that the humility of the God-man is what saved us. The one who was so high went so low with a love so wide that he could bring us so near. Behold, your king is coming to you humble. Listen, y'all. If we took one clear look at the pride, at the sin, at the selfishness, at the greed, at the envy in our hearts, we would expect Matthew to say, Behold, your king is coming to you vengeful. He's coming to settle the score. He's coming to judge the guilty. He's coming to crush the rebels. He's coming to condemn sinners. That's what we should have expected Matthew to say. There would be no vicarious suffering, no substitutionary atonement, no cross, no resurrection if our king did not come to us humble. No justification, no freedom, no adoption or hope of glory if our king did not come to us humble. We have no assurance of love, no comfort in afflictions, no peace in the storms, and no joy in the midst of sorrows if our king did not come to us humble. We could not boast over the grave or snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. We could not be more than conquerors if our king did not come to us humble. Everything in this first scene of Holy Week is telling you that the entirety of your life in Christ, your inheritance in Christ, and your hope in Christ comes to you because your King is coming to you humble. And what is the response of the people to this humble King? If you look at the passage, you see it. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The response of the people to a king who comes humble is that they declare his praise and bless his name. As God's people, we should have a demonstrable pattern of praise in our lives, y'all. A demonstrable pattern. It should be clear as day, the pattern of praise in our lives. And we ought to make a practice of, of, of trading in our complaints about momentary inconveniences for declarations of praise. We ought to make that exchange. We ought to bless his name by exchanging our griping for gratitude. I know some of y'all out there are going to tell the truth. It's getting 
challenging not to name all the complaints and give voice to all of the, the, the murmuring of heart, but we ought to be the kind of people that makes the, the great exchange of, of gratitude for griping. We ought to be the first to be able to acknowledge that we are getting so much better than we deserve when we are in union with Christ. But my final encouragement to you is this. Because your king has come to you humble, you should go to your king humble. Repent of the many ways that current circumstances have revealed the pride in your heart. Go to your king humble, seeking his forgiveness for how much of the time you've lived as if you could get along fine without him. Go to your king humble, confessing that you need him to heal your vision so that you can see the opportunities for service and generosity around you. Go to your king humble, asking for his help to let go of your wrecked plans. It's over. Give it up. The plans that you were making for these next couple months, whether they were vacations or career moves, ask him for the grace. Give up those plans and to receive his plan, which is better than yours. It's better than yours because his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, his thoughts are higher than yours. And somehow, some way, he's taking this mixture of challenging providences and he's working them out for your greater good and my greater good and the greater good of the world. Go to your king, humble just to be in his presence and to delight that someone like you has access to someone like him. That is astonishing. Go to him humble. That is a privilege that we don't deserve, but we have it because he came to us humble. Go to your king humble so that after this holy week, your love for him will be greater than it has ever been in your life. Go to him humble and ask him, for increasing degrees of love to swell in your heart so that you will think on him rightly, so that you will be rightly devoted to him and rightly devoted in love to your neighbor. That's the, that's the final piece that I want to encourage you with. Because you can behold your king coming to you humble, you ought to go to your neighbor humble. It should never be the case that those of us who live in union with Christ could approach our neighbors in pride, could approach our children in pride and our roommates with arrogance, always thinking that we know better, always thinking that we see more clearly than everyone else around us. If half of the things that the Bible says about us are true, it warrants a whole lot more humility from us. But even more, because we have been loved so fiercely with the humble love of Jesus Christ, it ought to make us the most humble, self-abasing people. The kind of people who are so likely to put others ahead of ourselves. Go to your king, humble. Go to your neighbor, humble whether that neighbor is your child, your spouse, or your roommate, go humbly. During this Holy Week, 
I want you to behold your king is coming to you humble. Let's pray. Lord, we marvel at your humble love, at the way that you put us ahead of yourself, that you considered us more important, that you were willing to endure such treatment, such humiliation, so that we could taste restoration. Lord, we are grateful and astonished when we think on it, when it gets through, when it begins to sink in what it is you have done for us as it is told in the drama of Holy Week. Lord, we, we ask that you would help us to really appreciate it in a fresh way this, this year. We, wanna, we want to, to be different. We want to be more faithful followers. We want to be truer to your word. We want our lives to be more beautified as a result of seeing and understanding more the glory of the gospel. We want to be formed by the humility of our King. We want it to show up in our lives, in relationships. Lord, we want you to bless us in these ways. We want you to give us the grace to see what it is you have accomplished for us. And we want it to pervade every aspect of our lives, every facet of our character. Lord, we want it to shape the way we use our words. We want it to increase the speed with which we turn in repentance from our sins. We want it to deepen our faith and our reliance upon you as the heat turns up on us in, in challenging circumstances. We want to be reminded that if you loved us in this way during Holy Week, there is no week after that week that you fail to love us with the same strength, with the same consistency, with the same throbbing full heart. That's good news, Lord, that you love us as much this week as you did during that week. And we pray, Lord, that you would encourage those who are weary today, that you would lift up those who are feeling beat down. I pray that your love would lift them. I pray, Father, that you would humble those who are proud and arrogant. We pray that you would help us to willingly humble ourselves so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, finally, we pray for our friends who are processing through uh, issues of faith and doubts in life and trying to figure out what it's all about. Lord, I pray for them that they would see the uniqueness of a God who would willingly humble himself so that he could raise his people up. Lord, we we ask that you would fill this Holy Week with uh, wonderful reflections of your grace and love for us and that you would encourage us this week as we behold the wondrous love of God in Jesus Christ. We love you and we bless your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now I want to... Uh, I want to extend God's blessing to you. 
uh, as you stay in your house. Uh, receive this blessing now. May the God who's able to keep you from falling, the God uh, who's able to present you faultless before the throne of his glory, may the all-wise promise-keeping God bless you and keep you and fill your life with his love. May he convince you during this holy week that his love for you is unsearchable. It cannot be matched. And may that love overflow in the way you relate to the people around you. Receive this blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all. The Lord bless you. Hope to see you before long.